welcome to Business Radio X and our Giving Back to the Gwinnett Talk Show. This show is presented by Minuteman Press of Duluth, where we design, print, and promote you. I am your host, Lynn Robinette, and our show will be spotlighting local charities in the Gwinnett area and promoting the great work that they do. We have over 4,000 awesome nonprofit organizations in our area, and today you will meet two of those organizations. We hope that you will be be touched by their mission and their impact to the community so that you will want to get involved. So today we have Vicki with The Next Stop and Kim with North North Gwinnett Co-op. Welcome, and thank you guys for taking your time today to come out to talk on our show. And tell us, Vicki, what is it that Next Stop does? Well, the Next Stop is an organization that meets um, three afternoons a week, and we serve adults who have special needs, particularly those who have aged out of the school system, which is what happens at the age of 22. And what, with your program, your meeting, what all do you guys do during the day while they're there? And how long are they there each day? Okay, the way we've got it set up is that um, we're there from one to five. So it's an afternoon program. It's designed to provide them with social and recreational and life application learning um, opportunities. And that's really what we, we really focus on, providing opportunities. So um, so they're there for the, the first hour is kind of their free time where they are involved in whatever area they want to be. We have set up for arts and crafts, stuff in the gym. It could be card games. But again, they're with their peers, which is one of the problems um, they face when they age out of the school system is that they are no longer uh, have a consistent peer base. So the next stop seeks to provide that. So, um, so they do that. They cook every day. Like I said, part of our afternoon life application learning and then the recreation and, and that kind of thing. So you're actually working with them with their daily living skills, being able, if they're living on their own or where they can take care of themselves. Is that what I'm hearing? um, Most of almost every single person that attends the next stop continues to live at home. We have one or two who live in a group home. We certainly want to to, um, support their independence and whatever that might be for them individually. So um, really, the, these opportunities just help them continue to, to grow in whatever that might be for them, whether it be just their thinking, their uh, social abilities, mm-hmm. those kind of things. So every person is going to be very different. Right. And, and you're so right with the age of 22 coming out of school. I've got two children with disabilities, and once they're out of school, they, do, they fall off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, great that you were able to take your own personal experience and see a need. So tell us, you know, what led you to create the next stop? Well, as you said, our own personal need. Um, my husband and I both, we have uh, three children. Uh, two of them have special needs. They're, con- they're considered mild, um, intellectually disabled. And when they faced the prospect of being out of school at 22, we thought, um, okay, what are they going to do next? What are we going to do? And there are, other, there are programs in our county, so it's not like there's, there's not programs. But you're trying to find the right niche for your own child and their needs. 
And so the niche that we have developed is one that serves adults with special needs who are, are high functioning. Uh, maybe somebody you might see working at Kroger during or at Publix during the week, somebody who volunteers, uh, that kind of thing. And, has, and we, we are like an adjunct to their life. But, um, but anyway, we started this because of the need it, within our own family. And it just was like a calling. And we just felt like, okay, if um, nobody else is going to do it, it must be, maybe it's us, it's up to us to do it. And we did. And, mm -hmm. um, and so it's obviously a bit different now than it was when we started, but you live and you learn and you've, you know, figured out as you go. So we've, uh, at this point, we've, we're very proud of the fact that we stay full and that we keep a waiting list because people do want to be there and their families want them to be there. Right. So when did you begin the organization or when was the startup? It, um, 2007, uh, we opened the doors. So that will be, we're getting ready to celebrate our ninth birthday. And we've been in the same place since we started. We are inside Swanee Sports Academy. They have classroom type rooms on the perimeter of their big gym uh, facility. And so we um, operate within those rooms and then we have access to the gym and access to the Swanee Greenway outside. So we can um, use part of our recreation for that. But it has been a great fit for us. We are a small program because, well, kind of like we're designed to be a small program. We serve 30 members a day and we have five volunteer, five volunteers a day plus our staff. So um, set up like that, we only have limited space and, and limited spots for folks. But that's, we work as a family and um, in that small group, I think provides the opportunities best for the members that are there. Exactly. And you've gone through, you've told us what a typical day looks like, which was, I'm fascinated because I've, I've been, I've known you for years and uh, done some volunteer work when you had uh, the night lights program at Sugarloaf United Methodist. And, but I didn't really know what each day uh, consisted of. So um, with, with your program, what um, differences have you seen the clients or participants that you've worked with? Because I, I would tend to guess that you're, you've worked with several of them for several years. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we, um, well, first of all, our, one of the, our really um, overarching goal is to reduce the risk of social and cognitive decline when someone ages out of the school at 22 because without the socialization without the constant stimulation from outside their family I and mean, there's nothing wrong with being a part of your family but when you're not independent of them in any way it's um it would be typical to become stagnant so to speak so our goal is to keep them stimulated so we've had s several situations um that were pretty i guess um obvious one where a girl had been home with her family for many years of loving family and would go everywhere with mom and then when it was, you know, all of a sudden this opportunity came about and she came to the next stop and it took her a while to come out of the bathroom to be a you know, part of the group, to be able to interact. But she's definitely a very big success story to, to see. We've had people come visit to possibly be a member and they are in their 40s and they've been unsocialized, so to speak, for 20 years. And there's no way they're they're, they want to be there. They're just, mm -hmm. it's just, it's too late almost. So, right. um, so it's just so important as it is for all of us. So mm -hmm. they're, they're not any different than anybody else. It's just the situation has to be provided for them. And, um, you know, for us, we're out, we, we mingle with people, we have conversation every day, we laugh with other people, and that's what we do at the next stop.
And with y'all being uh, keeping it uh, small clients of 30 people a day that you have in your program, you're able to give them more of that one-on-one attention. Um, I'm going to expand a little bit from my own experience, Vicki, from what you're talking about so that our listeners will understand more about people with disabilities. I've got a philosophy that if our disabled children aren't being socialized through your program or other programs or uh, like the Wishes for Me Foundation, which I'm the founder of, we have homes in Lawrenceville for disabled adults. And what we see is if parents keep them at home, a lot of times they're setting their disabled child up for failure because parents aren't going to always be around. Mm -hmm. And then what happens to that disabled family member that doesn't know how to socialize with other people. They don't know how to uh, help people to help them. And mom and dad didn't train others to take care of that individual, which is really sad because it's really very traumatic to that disabled family member. So mm-hmm. what you're doing, you're it's very much so needed. And national figures is, a little over, it was like 19 and a half percent of our population have a disability. Mm-hmm. So, and you look at people just in the state of Georgia at one time, a few years ago, there were over 5,000 people under 50 in nursing homes and institutions. Yeah, things have changed. And one of the things I think, too, that um, is really exciting to to report on is the fact that we are we our business model is very different than others and the fact that we have five volunteers a day um, as i said earlier who come in and support everything that we have planned for the day Mm -hmm. so they facilitate this they have relationships with our members and they're there because they want to be there and um i though that that, what i call personalized mentorship is really important and um again gives this individual an opportunity to be with a very trusted our volunteer Mm -hmm. um, away from their family again just having those kind of needs met along with the rest of the uh, the other leadership there at the next stop so um so we're very thankful for volunteers and are always looking you know to have more people involved and understand that we're a very fun place Mm -hmm. this is in no way a place to um that you are feeling bad in any way in fact one of our volunteers um came to us you never know how you're going to somebody's going to show up on your doorstep but um (laughs) this lady had um been taking care of her sister who uh, died of cancer and she was obviously grieving and feeling very bad and was getting her hair done one day at the salon and mentioned to the to the hair um to the hairstylist that she was looking for a place to volunteer where she could have fun (laughs) and she goes oh you ought to go to the next stop one of my clients daughters go there and they have so much fun there and she's been with us now for about four or five years so um that's what she sees as her goal in life, her joy in life. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, volunteer, volunteerism is um, alive and well. But when you can find people who um, are there to support these individuals uh, at the next stop and give them their, um, you know, love on them and just and model good social behavior is just a great combination. What a blessing. And, and even to the family members of your clients. You know? Oh, it does. It, really, when I, when I talk to people about the next stop, I like to, to, to mention that you're, we're not only serving these adults with special needs, but certainly their families. Again, everybody, this is Vicki LaRoche of The Next Stop. So she ha- does a wonderful job with her program. 
I've met our children. I've been involved with them, some in Special Olympics over the years. Now, Vicki, how do people get involved with the next stop? What? Okay, well, uh, the easiest thing to do would be to um, actually call me. Um, and my phone number is all over our website, but the phone number is 404 932 3953 and the website is www.thenextstop.org okay and um, we're also on facebook and this is another good way to know who we are because we try to kind of advertise the fun we're having (laughs) through that and what are ways in people that people can help well again we have volunteerism um and some people come and they're like every thursday they're there uh sometimes we have substitute volunteers we also um, have fundraising events through the year, and so, so participating in that is always, you know, welcome. Um, and we, there's just a, give me a call, and I'll be able to find something for you. <laughs> Absolutely, thank you, Vicky. And uh, again, everyone, this is Lynn Robinette with Giving Back to Gwinnett Talk Show, and we are presented uh, by. Minuteman Press of Duluth, where we design, print, and promote you. So give Bruno a call out at Minuteman Press of Duluth and see what he can help you do with your business needs. And next, we have Kim Phillips with North Gwinnett Co-op. So Kim, tell us what all is going on in Gwinnett with the co-op. Well, thank you for being, let me be here with you today. Um, the North Gwinnett Co-op serves families and individuals in Buford, Sugar Hill, and Swanee. Uh, we have a couple different wheelhouses. Our biggest one is food. We do food distribution. Uh, we also offer financial assistance for utilities and medication. Uh, we have a thrift store that allows our clients to shop for free so we can distribute cl- clothing as needed. Uh, we're just coming off of our summer book bag program and our summer food program. Uh, this summer, we just in June and July, we dispersed um, over 45,000 pounds of food and have given out over 800 book bags to children in our community. So it's been a very busy summer. Um, and now we have a little kind of a reset and pause and we gear up for the holidays So where we, we sponsor kids for Christmas. Uh, we provide holiday meals. Last year, we did over 1,500 holiday meals for families. So we're enjoying a little bit of a quiet before the holidays come. Okay, so um, how how is North Gwinnett Co-op funded? We are a private nonprofit. Uh, we are uh, totally supported by the community. We have about 15 partner churches, businesses, um, individuals, families, um, everyone that just wants to support our mission um, that can come out and help us do what we do. I am the only employee at the co-op, um, and we have about 185 regular volunteers that come and help us do what we do. Um, And then everything else is totally volunteer led. Last year we had well over, I think it was 6,000 volunteer hours. So it it takes quite the army to get done what we get done. Absolutely. So with you being the only staff, do you have volunteers that help you go out into the community to round up businesses to help you with your different food drives or... Yes, we have different, um, we don't have like a set committee, but we we do have some, I call them food angels out there that help us get done what we need to get done. And just a lot of networking. Um, People I know and just through, I've been in Gwinnett for over 20 years. So just kind of letting people know the needs out there um, and that food insecurity is a very important issue in Gwinnett County. Do you, um, 
know of the volume of food right offhand that passes through? Well, like I said, in June and July, we did over 44,000 pounds of food, almost 45,000 pounds of food. So mm-hmm. last year we served over 13 fam- 13,000 families in our food bank. Um, and so that's, you know, we average, average bag of groceries is about 23 pounds. And that's how we kind of figure that out. So the folks get a lot with us. Um, the summer program, not only do we do the standard food, but we do fundraising um, that allows us to purchase food for the summer program. Being a food bank, there's not a lot of nutrition that comes out of the food bank because everything's non-perishable. Um, so with the summer program, to meet the need of having all the kids home, uh, we hand out things like milk and eggs and fruit and meat, um, lunch meat and cheese and things like that that don't normally come into the food bank. We're also blessed with some community gardens. Then we get fresh produce and vegetables out of that. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, you know, I didn't think our, uh, we have some resident, a couple of residents in our home that like to grow a garden, but they usually have a large surplus of tomatoes. Yeah. So that would be a, we call it liquid gold. It comes in and goes right back out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so how can some of the volunteers, what all do the different volunteers do within the organization? Well, there's a lot of different things our volunteers do. We have volunteers that kind of work the front, and that's where we distribute our bread and bakery. Um, We have volunteers in the food bank that are processing orders um, and getting food, receiving donations. And then we have volunteers in our thrift store um, who help us sort through the donations, manage the store, the operations, um, the register, kind of everything. Just takes a lot of different folks, like I said, to make it all work. Um, And then we also have a tutoring program on Monday nights. Um, we right now have over 60 kids on our list to start on the tutoring program next week. Um, so we're trying to get pretty creative because last year we were pretty much at capacity with about 35 kids. So we've doubled our list and we're really trying not to turn anyone away. So we're trying to get creative with space inside of our building. It's kind of challenging, but we're, we're working through it. Um, but so we're always looking for tutors, um, especially in the math and sciences, um, well, the common core stuff, you know, I can barely teach my own children, <laughs> help them with their homework. So, um, especially in the higher maths and sciences, it's, that's a great resource that we are actively seeking volunteers for. Wonderful. So what is your current biggest need? Right now, our biggest need is actually food um, because we did so much distribution in those two months. Our shelves are pretty low. Um, we um, Every bag gets peanut butter and jelly. And we actually stay pretty good with the peanut butter. A lot of people think protein, um, but keeping jelly on the shelf is quite challenging. Um, And so we really need the jelly. Um, If it comes with peanut butter, that's great, but we really do need jelly. Uh, We need spaghetti sauce, spaghetti noodles, um, corn. For the first time, I've been at the co-op about two and a half years, and we've never needed corn. Um, And we actually need corn now. No green beans, please. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think any food bank needs green beans right now. Um, But um, so corn, um, oatmeal, grits, things like that, they're another big need for us. And we have our full list of current needs on our website as well. And you walked right into (laughs) it. Okay, so where do we go to find out what you need? What what is your website? Our website is northgwinnettcoop.org. And we're also on Facebook. And our Facebook link is North Gwinnett Cooperative. So it is spelled out on Facebook. Okay. So um, what are your general hours that uh, 
you're staffed where people can call you is it during the day or certain days of the week we're open um monday nights from six to eight we're closed on tuesdays wednesday through friday we're open 10 until two and then on saturdays we're open 10 to four on the thrift store side not the food bank side okay so your thrift store is it all in the same building yes ma'am it's all connected Mm -hmm. okay all Mm -hmm. right so people in north Gwinnett, let's get some clothes and shoes and furniture you're not using let's Jelly. jelly yes we need jelly, jelly. you need jelly and corn yeah no green beans, no green beans. <laughs> right exactly but we're actually going to look at increasing our square footage we're kicking off a campaign to purchase the building next door and expand our services and the biggest need for that expansion is for more food storage we're going to try to get our distribution up to once a month for our clients right now we do once every 60 days um some other co-ops do like six times a year so it's kind of the same thing we just word it different um but we really like to get our distribution up to once a month for our families a bag of groceries certainly doesn't last 60 days let alone maybe a week Mm -hmm. um and then the other need for the space is to increase our tutoring availability so that we'll increase that we'll also have a computer lab available for our students as well so we're and that both of those rooms open the door to adult education so we're both we're looking very excited about that and just very prayerful that that's what the lord has in, in store for us What a blessing. Again, this is Kim Phillips with North Gwinnett Co-op. Minutemen Press of Duluth is our sponsor of this show. And thank you, Bruno, for all of your uh, support. What? So you did talk about the, um, the building plans, but what at Christmas? You guys, y'all deliver a lot of foods. Do you get involved with, you know, gifts to the kids yes the holidays are a very busy time for us um we um people can sponsor a meal box and a meal box is about thirty dollars worth of food that the non-perishable food that we put in a box and then we attach a twenty dollar gift card to it um so that the client can purchase the meat or the perishable items to go with the food so last year we distributed um a little over 1500 meal boxes through thanksgiving and christmas so once a a family signs up for one that gets them both. Um, and then last year we sponsored 327 children and 67 of our senior citizens. And our seniors are pretty fun to sponsor. They're kind of challenging to get a list from. Um, one of my favorite clients, um, let's call him John, but um, I asked him for his list two years ago. And the response I got was, well, I might be dead by then. And I said, well, you look pretty good. Let's go for it. So um, so they're really fun to get sponsored, too. You know, one of my ladies hadn't had Christmas presents in over 20 years. So it's just it's mm. a lot of fun just to kind of brighten their day a little bit. Um, most families come and pick up their mailboxes from the co-op. They come and pick up their food, though we do deliver to our homebound clients. Um, so there's lots of volunteer opportunities to sponsor mailboxes come to the co-op and pack meal boxes, help us with the meal distributions and help us um, with Christmas through sponsoring a child or sponsoring a senior. And all of that will be on our website by October 1st. That is wonderful. Thank you. Do you get a lot of children from schools, like high school volunteer, like your beta club? Um, The Lanier cluster and the Buford cluster are probably our most involved. Um, kids since we're kind of right there in Buford um, but we do also have some Mill Creek kids that come and so we're um, and North Gwinnett um, and so we're really open to student volunteers um, 
our hours are such that they can only really volunteer on Monday nights or on Saturdays. We do put um, volunteers in the store on Saturdays and then there's when they're on break. So we had several student volunteers through the summer that were a big help, especially the the guys with the strong backs. (laughs) (laughs) Now, with the food and so forth, do uh, any of your families like get any of the furnishings that are dropped by at the thrift store or anything to assist them if there's a need? Well, at every point of service, which is basically once a month, a family can get a voucher for free clothing. Uh, We don't take any furniture or appliances because our thrift store is just not that big. And um, most of my senior, uh, most of my volunteers are seniors, so we just don't have the backs and the wherewithal to be moving things around a lot. Um, but the vouchers can be used for free clothing. Um, and then we also open the store. We work closely with the fire department and Red Cross. Um, just as we ended the school year last year, we had three different Buford families that lost their homes to a fire within, I think it was like a couple weeks. So we'll, they come in on a Tuesday when we're closed, and we just load them up with whatever they need. There's no counting anything. It's you know, forks, knives, bed sheets, pillows, blankets, clothing, diapers, things like that, that will just help them get back on their feet. That's wonderful. So, yeah, we distributed over 20,000 pieces of clothing that we counted. There's a lot of clothing that we don't count. So uh, we try to just put in the store good quality merchandise, not only for our clients, um, but for the community as well. And so if maybe someone's wife donated their husband's favorite work shirt, not that I would ever do that, but I did. Um, <laughs> that goes on the curb, and we have boxes for free that the clients go through, and they just pick what they need because someone could use that for a work shirt. Mm-hmm. This wife just got tired of seeing the same work shirt, so she, <laughs> she oh. donated it. Um, and so, so we don't even count what we put out on the curb. So we, we know that we've distributed over 20,000 pieces of clothing last year. Wow, that's just a large amount. So, um, well, again, I appreciate both of you coming. Vicki LaRoche with The Next Stop, Kim Phillips with North Gwinnett Co-op, and um, stay tuned for next month uh, for some additional nonprofits uh, within the Gwinnett area or serving Gwinnett. Again, this is Lynn Robinette with Giving Back to Gwinnett and Minuteman Press of Duluth. Mm-hmm.